I believe that we are the guardians of a treasure that is called Judaism, a treasure that belongs to our children. This treasure has been passed on to us and it's our privilege to enjoy it, to cherish it, to grapple with it, to walk on a journey with it, and also to share it, to pass this treasure along to the next generation for them to discover it. Shalom, friends. Welcome to Raising Jewish Kids, the podcast for parents, educators, and spiritual leaders interested in children's journey in Judaism. My name is Evelyn Goldfinger, also known as Miss Eve, and I am so happy that you're here. Ruchim Abayim, welcome. Let's dive in, and I'm so blessed and happy to welcome and introduce you to Yvonne Marzuk. And I'm going to read a little bit about her bio because it's really very interesting. Yvonne Marzuk is the author of The Prophetess, published by Bancroft Press in 2019. She loves speaking to Jewish communities about Jewish spiritual concepts and empowering Jewish teens, girls and women to grow into all their gifts. Learn more about her work at growintoyourgifts.com and everything will be in the show notes. Welcome. So great to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, my pleasure. And I understand that this is your first uh, Instagram live. Yes, I have done interviews on all the other platforms, but this is my first time doing this. How exciting. It is exciting. It's, I, I always like to think of it like radio style where I, I started because whatever happens, you guys out there, like whatever uh, the audience is seeing, this is the real thing. So, you know, we have to find the, the noise and the feedback and all those things. So anyways, so, so happy to have you here. How are you today? How are your, Hakim, your holidays? They were fine. They were fine. I'm, I'm really, I, when we scheduled this, it seemed like a very long time because it was before the Hagim and then all of a sudden the Hagim came and then here we are. It's the end of October. It's amazing. Right. So. It's literally a Hagim. You know, there's an expression, uh, modern Israel. You want to say something like in the future, someone, a Hagim. Well, we're here. So Great. now let's, let's dive in. Yvonne, I would like for you to share a with us about your novel the Prophetess. and i would like to ask you what inspired you to write this what was your journey yeah so one of the things is that i i really wanted to explore what it's like to have a calling like something that's something that you're here to do that is like bigger than you that's like and maybe, but, and good, but like maybe big and hard and like can cause all kinds of challenges in life as you are struggling with, how do I be that big person that I'm being called for? And, um, and in the story, um, the main character, Rachel, goes through that kind of journey where she's called for something for greatness that she was beyond what she knew she was called for and really has to like go through the challenges of what it takes to grow into that, to grow into that gift that she has. And I think my my goal is to have it really be um, a model, like a, a wisdom story for people to who are you know, to, to use Jewish inspiration and Jewish wisdom to help them grow into their greatest callings, their biggest dreams, their biggest gifts. Beautiful. And I, I read the book. It, it is so inspiring. It's full, filled with, um, what? well, maybe the more fitting word, but Easter eggs, right? They're called when they have like these hidden gems um, in the book where you can see connections to Talmud and to Midrash and to all these uh, heritage and then how it describes 
I'm sharing with you, it's Fat, Safed, um, the city. And if you even go there, you can feel that. And I had the opportunity to go to Israel after reading your book. And I was like, oh, I wonder where Rachel and all the prophets were. Um, and I love the idea of having modern prophecy. And I was wondering how that connects with, uh, as you know, I'm writing the book on spirituality and Jewish prayer. So you, in your book, the connection with God or the high power is described in such a powerful way. And I was wondering um, what inspired you, what, what you based, uh, what it, maybe there was an experience in your life or, or a wish in your life. How do you connect with a higher power? Oh, that's a beautiful question. Um, I mean, I think that, I think that like, like one of the challenges, like, so this story is a story about prophecy, but one thing that I just always want to make clear is that I'm not encouraging people to like try and become prophets. That's not what the story is about. That's not what I'm asking people to come up with. Prophecy is this really high level of relationship with God, which is like basically out of reach for, you know, for basically everyone right now. Um, the Jewish tradition teaches that prophecy ended at the end of the um, second beginning of the second temple period. And so we have like, but I, but for me, like there's this, like, as a, when I was, when I was learning that, as I was kind of, as I was growing in my own Jewish practice, like I, it was almost, it almost felt like what I was hearing was that like, we didn't have a relationship with God anymore. And like that, you know, like that God stopped talking to people. <laughs> And I found that really like heartbreaking and hard and sad and like spent a lot of time trying to understand like really what, what kind of relationship is available to us now? What is the relationship that we can have with God now? And um, for me, that's been a real journey of like, you know, what, how to build that relationship, how to know what that is, how to feel connected and like, and how to understand like uh, one thing that I've learned is that like, we we're souls like here in this in this world we're like i learned from my teacher um Rav Avram Sutton like we're souls dressed in bodies like we think of ourselves as bodies with a soul but really we're souls and like through that like through our souls we're like directly connected to god at all times and so like it's it's not like i mean it's really like not in heaven right <laughs> like God is here, like, it, it's like, and there's a ladder, there's a direct connection to God that we have at all times. And it's like, clearing away some of the other things that get in the way so that that connection becomes more and more clear and present in our lives is how it is for me. I think that's beautiful. And and I think that's a beautiful message. You work a lot with teens, uh, with girls, this is a, a great, like, bad gift. And, and like, because it's a hero's journey, right? And this is what a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah and all the passage in diverse cultures are actually we're telling you okay you're not a child anymore you're in your journey into adulthood and this is your right this is your passage and that the, your book um describes that in such a powerful way and what a beautiful message to say you know what prophecy might be perfect, but our relationship with god is not is, and, and you have to build it, right? You just said that. You have to build it. You have to work on it. You can discover it. It is there, but you still have to, I love how you say, you have to clear the way of, like, the things that are in the way. So it's not sometimes about doing more. It's about taking out what is unnecessary. Yeah, and there's so many distractions in life that, um, that really, um, you know, compete 
for like authentic connection with other people, let alone, you know, even, and all, and obviously very much so with God. And so clearing, clearing those kinds of things away, like being able to hear our own internal voice, um, being able to hear what our, you know, kind of deepest wisdom is telling us. I feel like that's really where it begins. So I guess that's where the name Herring Whisperer comes from. Right. So let me, so the prophetess is a, is what we, um, is like a heroine's journey. So in literature, like we have this story called the hero's journey, right? But um, people are very familiar with the hero's journey. It's like the Hobbit and like Harry Potter and all, you know, every superhero. Um, but there's a, a, a different archetypal story that's a heroine's journey that's slightly different. And it's like the, it's actually the foundation of stories like the Wizard of Oz and uh, fro the frozen stories are based on that foundation. Um, and so those, the, the thing about the heroine's journey, and I've done some teaching about this and some other programs related to it, is that like women, like when they hear it's a nine stage process, but when women hear the stages, like they just immediately get it. It's like, wow, that I really understand that. And women often relate more directly to the heroine's journey than they do to the, to the hero story. Um, because it includes in it like that, you know, that sort of moment in life where like, like, it's like this world, I thought this world that I'm living in is perfect, but maybe it's not so perfect after all. Maybe there's something that's not quite right about this that I need to, like something needs to change here. Or I need to change or some adjustment needs to happen. I can't, I can no longer live in this sort of perf like perfect world. That's not so perfect. <laughs> there's like a moment in the heroine's journey when it feels like it's not possible to go on. And the only way to go on is through support of other people. Um, and the end of the heroine's journey is this experience of like coming back to the original, like to the place where we began with new, deeper wisdom. And these kinds of like stages that are so essential to the heroine's journey, like most women can really recognize those moments in their lives, like as part of their own journey. And so it's a, so I think like the, the idea, what's interesting about the prophetess is that like that, heroine's journey is almost never applied to Jewish stories. And so like this book kind of weaves together that kind of like women's wisdom with Jewish wisdom in a way that like speak like speaks with Jewish wisdom to the heart of women. And um and we don't have very many books like that. So I was really mm -hmm. eager to write one to be able to include that to like the the women's story with the Jewish wisdom in it. And um and so yeah, I mean I see myself as somebody who's here to inspire heroines, to everyone to find their inner heroine. And the truth is that even men have an inner heroine. Like <laughs> um, but to find that sort of inner that inner part that is like ready to grow, ready to, ready to thrive and be the biggest that, that we can be. So that is, um, that's why, so that's why I call myself heroine whisperer on Instagram. Um, this idea that like, I'm, I'm whispering to the heroines, like, come on, we, we have, we have growing to do together. Thank you, Yvonne. We have a question from our live audience and thank you everybody for joining us today. <laughs> Um, so the question is, and I think it's great to clarify, thank you for asking, how is the journey different from the hero's journey? So there's, so they both have nine stages and, um, and the, there, there are several different differences. And, um, and I actually developed this a little bit in other places. So I'll just say it briefly now, and I'm happy to, you know, anyone has further questions or there's lots of more resources explaining this. Um, but I'll just say briefly that the difference is, um, in my mind, 
a hero's journey is linear. The hero moves in the direct, like is starts out in a particular place and is going towards some kind of goal. And the goal is like some sort of success, like some sort of tangible, um, like physical success. <laughs> he also grows in the process. Like we know that like in the story, like he grows, but in the end, like he gets the girl, he gets the money, he gets the award, he gets, you know, those kinds of things. That's kind of like how the hero's journey, that's how we know he won, right? Um, a heroine's journey is circular. Um, she comes back to where she started from, but she has grown and changed. And so everything has changed because she has grown. And, um, and I think that like, that's the, for me, that's the most important part of the difference is that like, we, we know like life is circular. You keep coming back, but hopefully, and this is a very Jewish concept, right? You kind of keep coming back <coughs> to where you are, but you're different. You've grown. And in the process, you're, you're ascending and you're growing. Thank you for that. And, and feel free. We can put um, a link to have like a, something to suggest or, or yeah, people can DM for, for that. Our, our, our uh, <laughs> literature nerds, that I, I consider myself one of them. I love all the things about storytelling and, and the different structures. So fascinating. Thank you. And um, so you have this girl go on a very beautiful journey. And I, I, I know you talk, we work a lot with um, teens, with girls mostly. So how do you connect your book to that? And when you present your book and you, or you have your workshop or when teens read your book, what do you expect them to, to get into? Because as you said, it's not about being a prophet, right? So I think your message is so important, but I would love for you to elaborate what moves you to work specifically with teens. Yeah, so I've done this beautiful bat mitzvah program <laughs> with um, kids, with girls in the bat mitzvah club, and um, and what we do is like kind of work through like identifying what's a gift, like looking at like what in in Jewish tradition, like we have lots of feminine, like what I call like Jewish Jewish feminine super superheroes, like women women in Tanakh who are really. Um, displaying all kinds of extraordinary gifts, um, gifts that are like, you know, showing incredible strength, like, um, like Sarah, who like leaves her home with her husband and has to go through all of these challenges. And also is the one who is able to speak truth to Abraham when he can't hear it. <laughs> um, like Miriam, who, you know, was uh, clear enough about the fact that they were going to be um, saved, that she, she and all the women brought tambourines with them so that they could dance, right? There are um, all kinds of really strong and powerful gifts that, um, that the women in our tradition can teach us. And usually what I do um, is begin that way with people understanding, like, what are the super heroines in Tanakh that they most relate to and what gifts do they see in them? And, and from then we can have a conversation about what your gifts are, both, um, both the gifts that you already know you have and then gifts that you're looking to grow into. And, um, and with the bat mitzvah girls, I, I actually had a, a table where they could pick cards that enabled them to 
like explore gifts that they that might have specifically related to them. And we went through a series of different exercises in order to like kind of have them identify at least one gift that they'd like to grow into. And one thing that I like to do with programs, both for teens and for adults, is to do a little guided meditation, like a little opportunity to connect to the deepest part of ourselves. And <laughs> for some people, this is the first time they've done such a thing. And it can be a very powerful experience. And I always say like, we don't like, like when people think of meditation, a lot of times they think of like Zen Buddhism, but Jewish tradition has a deep meditation tradition that there's so much that we can learn from. And it's a little bit different from the Eastern meditation traditions. <laughs> and it, um, and so it's kind of like, you know, shaped for our souls, let's say like, it's, you know, it's something that feels familiar when we do it. So, um, so those are the kinds of things that I like to to offer to people and to give them the chance to like kind of work deeply with what they think they're growing into and then give them a chance to process that um, by sharing or by writing. I did this program with these bat mitzvah girls and like I had to stop them from writing. They just were writing and writing and writing like they just had so much to say about this meditation experience that they had had. Um, and we just, it was time to move on. So it was like, you know, well, keep, you can keep writing or you can write it another time, but it, it was such a deep experience for them. And for teens in particular, what I would say is like, <clears throat> not every teen is ready for spirituality, right? Like for many teens, that's just not where they are. And that's fine. Like we all kind of reach these kinds of stages, you know, points at different stages in our lives, but it's so useful to introduce Jewish spirituality to teens, to just let them know that it's there, to give them some kind of insight into that this structure exists. Because you know, chances are that there's going to come a moment in their life where spirituality would be helpful to them. And if we planted those seeds, then, you know, then when they know what they're looking for, they can find it. They can find it within their, um, within our own beautiful, rich, incredibly deep tradition. I, I agree. I agree. And I actually was teaching a workshop yesterday for teachers. And, and I put, and I use this in the book, my book too, that, just as if we have a body and mind and emotions, we also have a spiritual aspect. We have a soulfulness. You don't want to call it a soul directly. It's there. And as you can say, I am a person who exercises and I'm all about my body and I do weights and I, or maybe the people know I'm like sort of here in my intellect. I'm a brainiac. Or some people say, oh, forget about that. I'm super emotional. You know, everything comes from what I'm feeling. And there are some people but it's all part of who we are. It's there. Like you said, it's there. So um, not knowing that, we are, we are actually not encouraging teens, or in my case, children, to explore and ask themselves that it's amazing, it's beautiful, and it's, it's actually less threatening than people think to talk about spirituality because we, we did a whole exercise on gratitude. Right, which is one of the concepts in my book, gratitude to dance, to say thank you. And as Yehudim, as Jews, actually, literally, it means to be a, a Yehudit, to, to Leodot, to thank God. So gratitude, is, for, to me, it's like the basis of all. You can ask gratitude, it's a portal, right? So, and people, even te like teens, you can say, oh, you're not spiritual. Hey, do you feel gratitude? You, can you think that you're thankful for something? And some people said, of course. And I have a gratitude practice and they don't maybe know that that's also spiritual right right, right. Um, and like you said um you can you can see dancing as something very um body-like like 
very kinetic. But some people say dancing is a spiritual experience or an artistic experience. So it's all about the emotions. So it depends on how you read the thing. But what I'm saying is, it's per it's beautiful what you're saying. I completely agree that you have to open those portals. You have to open the doors and say, this is here for you. And, and I think that the concept of B'nai Mitzvah nowadays, for some people, it's mm -hmm. Jewish tradition is here for you. It's part of you. It's part of your heritage. And this is your treasure, right? This is the treasure that we are the keepers. And now it's yours. First to explore and to keep, to grapple with. But you need to know that it's there. Whether you're going to go and turn or not, hopefully you will, right? Because it's amazing. But it's here. So I, I, I really, I really think that you're saying so special. And I love the idea of growing into your gifts because it's not about discovering gifts or, or you know, um, in a sense that I think it's a very special way how you put that phrase together. And I know that you're very intentional. So could you elaborate? What is um, growing into your gift? What is it entitled, please? Yeah. So, um, so this starts in the in in my novel, The Prophetess. Um, it begins with Rachel's grandfather, who um, who um, is unfortunately dies at the very beginning of the story, but plays a very very important role in the story and played a very important role in Rachel's life as she was growing up. And he had given her a prayer book. And in the prayer book, he wrote in the margins, for Rachel, may she grow into all her gifts. And after he dies, this becomes something that Rachel is really wrestling with. Like, what, what are my gifts? What does that even mean? Who, like, how would I do that? What, what gifts did he see in me that I don't know? And, um, and it's interesting, like, so my, I have a, my son is eight, and he just the other day asked me, like, what does that mean, mommy, to, like, grow into your gifts? What is that, like... What is that like? What, do I have gifts? What do you mean when you say that? And I, so it's like, so it's really an interesting thing to like think about how to explain it to a child. Like that, and what I said, and what I think is relevant for everyone is like your gifts that you are born with or that you have are like, you know, like you could almost think of them as clothing that's too big for you, right? Like it kind of, you know, you're, you're, there you are. And like you like kind of here come into the world. And like, as we grow, like we're, you know, we're like little children and then we grow and we, but we have all this sort of latent potential and power inside of us. And it's almost like a dress or a, a shirt that's, that's much too big for us. And as we grow, we grow into those like into those gifts into those potentials and sometimes that takes work on our part and and sometimes it's just natural as natural as growing into clothing and we just you know as time goes by and life goes on like we just grow into things and um and and gifts that were there for us sort of unfold as we grow and jewish mysticism has this beautiful concept that like we're you know that we're vessels and we're vessels for light that um, that God is giving us. And the, that channel that is like the way that we get all the blessings and all the wisdom that we that in our that we need for our lives that are here for our lives. And the more that like but there's only like somehow it's like hard to hard to visualize, but somehow like we can only fit as much as our vessel like of those blessings and wisdom as our vessel is big enough for. And so like, it's really this idea of like, we grow and our vessel expands and we become a bigger sort of container for the holy light that God is sending to us. That is giving us what we want, the blessing and the, 
and the and the wisdom and you know what we need to know about what's next for us and the the ruach hakodesh like the divine inspiration all of those things that like it comes into our vessel and part of how we get more and more blessing and wisdom in life is by expanding our vessel by growing and um and so that's that's really what i mean like we we grow and then our gifts can come to us you know and that's and then we can use them in a way that we're meant to use them here in this world I love that. I love that your son who's 80 years old, you can say that to him in a very uh earth, very, very the, the metaphor of the clothing, right? And you mentioned Frozen. I was thinking about Elsa and she she has this power, right? She has the power of with the snow and all that stuff. You can see at the beginning of the movie, right? It's too big right. for her. She doesn't know what to do. Like she thinks it's a curse. She takes the wrong way. She doesn't have guidance, definitely. And so sometimes There are things that we grapple with and that they might seem even like a curse or something that why why am I and it, it sometimes it does take work on your part or, or you know go into the journey but if you can grow into that it's exactly flow, right what, what, how you vibrate um and, and i think it's so important so I, i love this concept growing into your gifts and the other thing that i love is that I'm going to go back to this, that you're talking to um, teens that are girls or that identified with the feminine. And it's so important to empower women, even at a young age. When you describe the hearing's journey, one of the things that you say is that things are not perfect. And as girls, we are taught, maybe nowadays less, but definitely in history, that we should be perfect and everything should be fine and we should put a strong face. And everything should be neat and clean. And that's just not how reality is. And so your work with teenagers, and I, and I, my conversations about little kids, because this is mostly what I do. This part, to inspire girls to say, you know what? It's not meant to be all neat and tidy. And if there's something that is wrong, go on a journey and try to grow right and and rearrange things so uh, i think that what you're doing with with teens through your book and through your workshops right is is so needed thank you i think i mean you know and i i think it's i know that most of your audience is is you know teens and dealing with children but i'll just say that like this is this is something that all women can really relate to And so, um, and, and many of the programs that I do are for adult women. And my book is really a, like often, like, you know, I've used it in book club, you know, women have used it for book clubs. Um, and I can, you know, really enjoy having deep conversations with women about spirituality, about the book. I think like um, this, one thing that I kind of have always said about this book is it's like for teen girls and all of us with the teen girls still living somewhere inside of us, right? Like we're all sort of in this growing phase and especially women, Um, like we go through series, we go through cycles in our lives. We go through like, diff we live different lives. We go through different periods that, you know, have different themes to them. And so we're constantly growing and we're always like, you know, kind of going to that next adventure or, you know, maybe we're in the middle of one adventure, but that's, you know, or one sort of phase in life, but that phase of life is going to move and then we'll go to the next phase. And so we're always growing and they're always Um, you know, if you're alive, you still have gifts to grow into. There are always dreams that we still have to fulfill even when we're grown. Um, and I think, you know, obviously, like for, for teens, and I should just say, like, we don't only work, I mean, 
I, <coughs> Jewish educator taught the prophetess this past year with her class, with her Hebrew high school class, and she did it with co-ed. Like, it doesn't just have to be with girls, um, because planting the seeds of spirituality is, um, is something that boys can benefit from, too. So, um, but there's certainly, um, you know, all of us have things that we're still, that we're still growing into. And I think what you said about not needing to be perfect is a message that everyone needs to hear right now. Like, you know, especially in this Instagram world, right, where everyone's like, well, that, you know, I can never live up to that thing. Um, you know, everyone needs to know that, like, where you are is perfect, and there's an opportunity to grow. Thank you. And I was just thinking as that, like, Harry Potter, not only for <laughs> boys, girls and you know all gender really too and it's okay to have the energy into a book and to learn from that so it's it's co-ed good for them because guess what there's a reason why there are women in the planet maybe right <laughs> now maybe so why is it so normal and natural so yes you can read harry potter but this book is about a young girl conditioning so it's for girls <laughs> right. It's really, I mean, it's, I think it's a challenge of literature. Um, but I think the, um, but, but I do want to say like, you know, when we talk about sort of feminine gifts or feminine, you know, feminine superpowers, like they're not, like I say feminine rather than female, right? Because I'm not really talking about gender as much as I'm talking about, you know, the, the kind like in this society in this world we sort of identify certain things as feminine <laughs> and sometimes we tend to undervalue those things certain feminine gifts we sometimes tend to undervalue like compassion and kindness and um you know uh, empathy and um insight you know these kinds of things like those are you know we sort of think of them traditionally as feminine gifts but we sometimes undervalue them and that has an impact on both girls and boys like there's a you know there's because because these kinds of gifts are maybe what the world needs most right now so i think um you know and there's there's not it doesn't um it doesn't imply anything like i mean you know it's i know there's a lot of sort of gender conversations happening but also like boys who are just you know regular boys can also have lots of feminine gifts and we should and we should empower that too um, and we should empower like every, you know, every gender to, to grow into, you know, to, to strengthen that part of themselves, if that's what calls to them, because um, it can be, uh, it can be enriching for everyone. Thank you, Yvonne. Um, my two last questions for you today. One, I would love for you if you can elaborate shortly a little bit more about Jewish education, because I think it's so rich and I know you have a background in it. How? Um, it might be a little bit different from the meditation from the far east the most used to or the uh, from India I guess um, and the other thing because you know we love going backstage a little bit about how you write a novel and, and you know what's the work behind it so if you could address those two maybe in for, for, our, for our closing I think that would be interesting Wait, so so the first, the second question was about the the back, background journey of writing the novel. The first question was about Jewish meditation. Okay, here we go. So, um, Jewish, so Jewish meditation. Um, so as I understand it, right, like um, the Eastern religions, like their approach to meditation is kind of like it's about um, 
kind of getting to like a space of like quiet, like a quiet mind, a quiet place, like quieting all those voices in the head and, and like kind of reaching this place of like non-reactivity, like that you don't like that you don't necessarily react to the things that are there. And um, like that kind of sort of quiet, like quiet mind is sort of the goal. And um, it's, so that's, that's fine. Like, that's great. But I don't think that that's exactly what Jewish meditation aims for. I think Jewish meditation is about connecting to your deepest self and to God. And um, so there are many different forms of this. There are many different kinds of Jewish meditation. There's actually a great um, book by Arya Kaplan that, um, that really goes into a lot of the details um, but what I like to do, so and med, what I like to do when I um, when I guide meditation is to take people on a journey that helps them reach to their deepest place, their deepest self. And I have a guided meditation that does this that is on my website. That's like a free download in case people are interested in seeing it. Um, and and I like to kind of help people take that journey. And for myself personally, I'm really. Um, Hit Bodidu, this sort of Jewish meditation that's based on practices of Rabbi Nachman of Breslov, um, this idea of walking meditation, of like walking and talking to God and just connecting to the deepest part of ourselves by through, you know, just having conversation in a in a beautiful place and like while moving. To me, that's like um, for me, that's like the most um empowering kind of meditation. I'm not so great at sitting still. <laughs> um and I think, but I think there are, you sh people should understand there are a range of different ways that Jewish meditation can, lots of different kinds of forms. And if you, if this speaks to you, there is a form that will speak to you. There's a form that will um, help you connect to the deepest part of yourself and to your own deepest wisdom. And that is enriching. And so that's what I, um, what I think Jewish meditation can offer to this meditation conversation. And that I find especially beautiful about it. Um, I, I, <laughs> In your book, you, there is a point where there's Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and there's this character who's going to be a guide for, for Rachel. And, and, and the person is sort of what you're describing, right? To the higher self and to God through his tefillah, through his uh, prayer. Prayer can also be, which prayer can also be that. Always that. But when it is, right? When you can just be there and talk to God and reach your the highest and the inner's most. Um, I was thinking about that. Yeah, I think. I mean, definitely. Like the the deeper your relationship with God, you know, through other, you know, the, it also certainly tefillah is a key piece of the way we connect to God, both formal and informal prayer, and we can use both to um, to kind of help ourselves kind of build authentic like, connections. Um, and, and I think like, because of the way that the, like, you know, the way that the soul is structured, like actually like the channel basically does enable us, like, as we kind of become deeper to our souls and we use that kind of spiritual ladder to connect to God, like along the way, we also connect to deeper parts of ourselves and to other people more authentically. And so like, and, and, you know, so that's like part of the process. It's enriching in all these different ways in our lives. Of it. So, <laughs> behind the scenes. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, so I so this novel took me twenty years to write. It was a um, it was an incredible journey. 
Um, it was a lot of growing into my own gifts in order to be able to write it. Um, I spent like a lot of time like kind of setting goals and then not meeting them or spending a lot of time um, like rewriting the first hundred pages because I kept trying to get them right. And until a writing coach pointed out to me that I like actually didn't have like a complete draft, even though I've been working on it for years. And what I realized, like, through that process, like, I was, I was actually not writing the parts that were uncomfortable to me. There were, like, parts that I was struggled with, and I just didn't write, even though I kept writing all these other scenes over and over again. I was like, you know, those were kind of like in the, like, uh, you know, fill in here kind of thing. And, um, you know, so for me, like, a part of the process was, was growing into being willing to be with the uncomfortable parts. And I know that not everybody like wants to write a novel, but I feel like that's actually like a really good metaphor for any kind of gift that or dream or calling that you have. Like sometimes you have to, sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it takes a lot more time than you thought and you have to keep coming back to it. Sometimes <clears throat> you're not ready yet. And, you know, even though it feels good, it's like, this isn't the moment. And sometimes you have to deal with and work through the things that are really uncomfortable in order to kind of get to the place that you need to, to do what needs to be done. And um, I think that, um, that every, you know, I hope that everyone could kind of like, you know, think about what their dream is. The thing is that they like to do and, and think like, you know, where, where, where can I grow or what's next, you know, what's the next step for that? Because I do believe that like, um, the world gets better to the extent that people are living consistent with their highest truth and consistent with their calling and their deepest dreams. And so I hope that um, the more people do that and that, you know, the world can be improved through that. I love that. I love that. It's a beautiful also quote for you. I think that we have so many interesting, juicy um points from thank you that we can talk about teens with our women with our kids with our families right how to grow into our gifts how to be able to to um willing to to get better uh with our inner uh inner truth and also to work through our comfortable and how growing into our gifts might take time and and work on our part and uh because sometimes we like to have like these top tips or takeaways so uh, i think they're there and, and they're beautiful before we say long goodbye to everybody please share with us yvonne how people find you how can they your lovely meditation i'm so happy you asked the question i'm gonna go get it i'm very um i love that right i can connect judaism with that part of our consciousness so let us know where people can find you your book and all the good things yeah so okay so here's what the book looks like this is called the prophetess this is a novel um it's uh and it's available on my website i signed copies are available on my website along with um bat mitzvah packages that are customized where i can sign them and address them specifically to the mitzvah girl of your choice the bat mitzvah packages include uh um st inspiring stickers and a journal with a pen that says grow into all your gifts and shabbat candles and it's like a package that can really um, empower bat mitzvah girl to grow into all her gifts i also have a heroine's journal that's a free printable on my website which brings some of the gifts some of the lessons of the prophetess into like your own life it's a 12 12 lessons to, to a little workbook for you to kind of work through what are my gifts and what am I growing into? 
And, um, and at the end, you can um, write down what gifts you say you're ready to get, grow into and then like cut out a little piece of paper that you can hang in your office or that you can put into your prayer book um, where you can kind of reflect on and continue to work on and pray on that you want to grow into those gifts. Um, and, and the guided meditation and lots of resources for Jewish educators also on the website. And all of that is at growintoyourgifts.com. Um, you can also follow me here on Instagram at Heroin Whisperer. I'm um, always creating new content with the, a goal of empowering heroines and, uh, and everyone who has a heroin inside of them. And um, yeah, and uh, I just uh, really, and oh, and the last thing I just wanted to say is that I love doing programs like we were talking about for teens, for bat mitzvah girls, for, for adults, for book clubs. And, uh, and I would love to do that with, with you. So if that's something of interest, all those, that's also on my website, what the programs are. And I'm happy to talk to communities about doing that. And I just wanted to say last that like, I love your, your prayer, your, your prayer book that you're putting together. And I just want to encourage everyone to, to support your campaign because I think it's going to be an incredible resource for the community. So thank you so much. It's so generous of you, Yvonne. Raising Jewish Kids is brought to you by my new book, Words from My Heart, the hands-on Jewish prayer book. Words from My Heart presents an interactive approach to spirituality and Jewish prayer for children. It's a hands-on scrapbook-style book that includes activities, games, songs, Hebrew words, prayers, and more. You can check it out at shalomeve.com. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Here are my favorite takeaways. One. We have the chance to build a relationship with God. We are a soul dressed with a body. We have an instant connection with God through our soul. Two, the heroine's journey reminds us that everything is not to be perfect. The journey is a spiral. Each turn, we gain more wisdom for our journey. Three, we grow into our gifts. It may take time, like when we grow into a big outfit, or it might take work on our part. The world gets better when we live our highest truths and pursue our most consistent dreams. What was your favorite takeaway? Share it with us. Send me a message at toratron at gmail.com. That's Torah with an H, toratron at gmail.com. Or send me your questions, your comments, and I hope to see you on our next episode. Until then, shalom.